You have reached the Financial Exchange Department. How may I help you? I received a phone call earlier on about my credit card being compromised. What's this about? In the past few weeks, there's been a breach of security. Uh, Hackers have taken clients' information and are trying to sell it off on the dark web. But rest assured, sir, your account is safe. All we need to do is verify your credit card number. Um, okay. My number is 459-603-12788. A fraudulent company and a vigilante opens the door to a philosophical time bomb. This is the season six finale of Welcome to Earth Stories. You've reached the Financial Exchange Department. How may I help you? I got a call on my voicemail about some kind of credit card tampering. In the past few weeks, there's been a breach of security. Uh, Hackers have taken clients' information and are trying to sell it off on the dark web. You have reached the Financial Exchange Department. How may I help you? If you knew you only had a day to live, what would you do differently? Um, I'm afraid you have the wrong number. This is the financial exchange department. You didn't answer the question. What would you do differently if today was your very last? Guess I'll make the best of it. Save your platitudes and be specific. What would you do? Um, uh, I'd reach out to my family, tell them how much I love them. Not a bad answer. Way better than your previous when you're just phoning it in. Mind the pun. Here's another uncomfortable question. What would you do if you only had 20 minutes to live? Who is this? Is this some kind of prank? Answer the question. What would you do if you only had 20 minutes to live? I don't know. That's not much time. Who the hell is this? Why the hostility? Why the anger? Is this how you treat all your customers? Don't answer. The question is rhetorical. Your company is designed to ruin souls. Listen here. You're a waste of my time. So I'm just going to hang up. Are you sure you want to do that and jeopardize everyone in this building? That's right, Mr. Ansler. There's a bomb in this office. Set to explode in less than 20 minutes. Are you trying to find the bomb threat policy? It's behind you. In the top left cabinet. How do you know that? How do you know my name? For a college graduate, you ask meaningless questions. Thankfully, I have some questions of my own. What made you decide to steal people's money? I work in a call center. I'm not the one who writes the script. Whatever the company does is none of my business. So robbing old ladies is none of your business? That's not what I'm saying. Mr. Ansler, number one on your bomb threat checklist is to remain calm. How's that working out for you? Listen, I was in a tight spot, so I took the job to provide for my family. 
I don't want to hurt anyone. That's not my intention. You like to rationalize. People tend to do this to appease their conscience, since guilt is a heavy cross to bear. I'm the little guy. I don't make the decisions. So go after the people in charge. You're selling yourself short, Mr. Ansler. You've made a decision to come to work this morning. You made a decision to buy two large coffees and one bag of cinnamon rolls. Two coffees, one bag of cinnamon rolls. Next window, please. You made a decision to cheat on your wife and sleep with a girl half your age. Let's put it this way. Your life is connected by a series of decisions. From the minuscule to the significant. So, Mr. Ansler, you are the decision maker. Rather, you admit it or not. If it wasn't so, you wouldn't be here, sitting on this hard plastic chair, reading a script to trip people into a ditch so you can receive a paycheck, while others are swimming in debt. Wait a sec. Are you trying to type the words bomb threat? If you send the email, you won't lift your credit, since my finger is mere inches away from the detonator. So please reconsider. What have I done to you? The question is what have you contributed to society? Will you leave a mark or a stain? Hey, I contribute to society. I give to charities, pay my taxes, and I have a wife and three kids. Any idiot can have children, but to be a role model in their lives is a different story. What are you modeling? I teach my little girls the value of hard work and pushing through when life gets tough. I admit I'm not the greatest father, but I try my best. You're right, Mr. Ansler. You're not the greatest father. You're short-tempered, selfish, and manipulative. Your sweet, innocent girls are the victim of your emotional neglect. And don't let me get started on your wife. Leave my wife out of this, you son There's of a... There's the fighter, always willing to defend his bride. Spoken like a true Casanova. Where were you when she needed you the most? When she cried herself to sleep, hugging the pillow? Let me guess. You were cheek to cheek with Carol from the marketing department. Or was it Gwen from accountants? So many choices. It's hard to keep track of all the faces. They tend to blur over time. Where is the bomb? That must be question seven on the checklist. I thought you'd never ask. Do you see your boss sitting right across from you in her office? Well, the bomb is above her desk and the ceiling tile. How can I believe you? Why would you take a chance in not believing in me? Think about that. What choice do you have? How many more minutes? Five more minutes, Mr. Ansler. How can I stop the bomb? To stop the bomb, you have to cut the red wire. Kind of like in the movies, 
But before you do that, you have to promise me something. What is it? Expose the organization and bring them down. I can't do that. No one's going to listen to me. You should have picked someone else with much more authority. You want to leave a mark on this world, right? Then you know what to do. How many more minutes? Less than one. You need to decide. Mr. Ansler, how dare you burst into my office? What's the meaning of this? And why are you climbing on my desk? Great. Which wire is it again, blue or red? Damn it, only a couple more seconds. Mr. Ansler, get down from my desk. Do you hear me? Get down. I think this is it. Just a moment. How come it's not stopping? So did the bomb go boom? You're sick in the head. (laughs) Paul, what's going on? Go on. Tell her. This is a product of her design. Tell her she's responsible for ruining people's lives, including my mother's. What happened to her? All of her life savings were wiped out by investing in your company. Because of that... She couldn't afford her medication, and the cancer returned. I'm sorry to hear that. Spare your tears. I'm sick and tired of people saying, I'm sorry, but doesn't give a damn to lift a finger. Where were you when she was on her deathbed? Were you beside her, holding her hand? Of course not. You were too busy devising another scheme. What do you want now? Am I on speaker? Um... Put me on speaker. Listen closely, Abigail Grace. Your company has committed an unforgivable sin and needs to be punished. What? Are you threatening us with a fake bomb? Is that all you have? Pathetic men like you hide in the shadows. Look, I'll make this loud and clear. Stay the hell away. Oh, I'm quivering in my Nikes, Abigail. You speak with such conviction. No wonder why you were crowned the homecoming queen. Do you remember that in your high school? Yeah, I'm looking at your photo right now. And you're right. I do live in the shadows. That's why I call myself Dark Samaritan. In the shadows I wait and lurk to defend the innocent. But one thing you can be clear on is my promises. I always fulfill my promises. What are you promising? Before I answer, you promise to protect your investors and to serve your clients with the utmost integrity. Somewhere down that golden pathway, you took your eyes off the prize and became infatuated with corporate greed. Who are you? As I said, I'm Dark Samaritan, the humble citizen who refuses to bend the knee. I'm speaking on behalf of the weak, the intimidated, the poor souls you have wrapped around your finger. I'm speaking for the downtrodden, the brokenhearted, 
your former clients robbed of their dignity. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hurt anyone. Your company stole over $10 million in two years. Small businesses, you know, those mom and pop shops. Well, they went under and individuals have taken their lives. So drop the pretense, Abigail. Well, it's your word against mine. And trust me, no one is going to believe you. I know you say that. That's why I created a little, let's call it an incentive. There's a bomb, a real bomb this time, somewhere in the building. If anyone tries to leave, the bomb will explode. It was 1 p.m. when I got the message of a hostage situation at Royal Global Exchange. Most, if not all, of these involved the perpetrator on the scene brandishing a weapon. This one didn't fit the mold, because the perp was off the scene with a bomb in the building. 93% of hostage situations are successful. The key is to listen. I mean, really listen to find a common ground Also, they want to be validated and taken seriously. Most of them feel the system or the government betrayed them, and the only way to capture their attention is to take drastic actions. As I said, there's a 93% success rate. If you're good at math, you may be wondering, what about the other 7%? Some negotiators make promises they know they can't fulfill like a million dollars or a private jet. A hostage taker can spot a liar a thousand miles away. And if they smell BS, then the game is over. Who sent the text message? It was the CEO herself, Abigail Grace. The rookie negotiator fidgeted like a cat in heat. She said if anyone leaves the building, he'll detonate the explosive. Does he have a name? He calls himself Dark Samaritan. People that hide behind code names live complicated lives. His name was taken from the Good Samaritan in the Gospel, who helped a stranger in dire circumstances. Did she give you more info? All she said, there's a fake bomb in her office and the real one somewhere else. She's not giving much. I'll try to press her for more, but this is all I have. Usually, hostage takers spew out a list of demands or injustices inflicted upon them. This is their spotlight, their uninterrupted monologue. To not hear a peep about their motivation is like a girl putting on her fanciest dress and jewelry and refusing to go to the prom. Something was fishy. Look at the men and women in uniform. Where were they during the riots? Their only concern is to protect the rich. So tell me, did you reach out to the local news and the negotiator? I did. They should be here soon. And did you tell them about your corruption? Hmm. You see, here's the thing. I did nothing wrong, and you have no proof. So I'm calling your bluff. 
and walking out the door. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you think that's a good idea? This nut job is all talk. Trust me, there's no bomb. We heard an explosion on the east exit as our tactical unit was on the move. Glass and rubble crunched underneath our feet. Smoke and dust lingered through the air. Twisted metal and bricks covered the door, making it impenetrable. I'm over here. My flashlight followed the sound of her voice, revealing the CEO herself covered in dust. Clearly, she defied the warnings of exiting the building and tried desperately to save her own skin. The news reporter scampered for his microphone as the cameraman juggled for position. It makes our job twice as hard when we have to babysit the press. I told you, no one is allowed to exit the building. This includes you, your highness. What do you want from me? You know what I want. You're just not willing to deliver. What is he talking about? Don't worry about it. He's not making much sense. She was hiding something. Something so big she'll risk people's lives. I'll be the judge of that. Pass the phone. She hesitated and took a step back. I said, pass me the phone. Sheepishly, she handed it over as the cameraman captured every detail. This is Chief Negotiator Naomi Iron speaking. You have our attention. Naomi, is it? That's a Hebrew word meaning pleasant. But I'm afraid you're not in the most pleasant situations. Mind the bad pun. What's your name? I'm Dark Samaritan. A humble, tax-paying citizen that's fed up with a corporate machine. Dark Samaritan? That's right. I'm here for those who have been beaten down and left out in the cold. Those the government or the corporate a-holes want to erase. I can't stand the government either. The cost of living is going up while their pocketbooks are inflating. And don't get me started on the corporations. One of the key elements of effective negotiation is to find a common ground. A real one. Because they can sniff out a fake. What's your beef with Abigail Grace? She swallowed hard when I mentioned her name. My mother, God rest her soul, poured everything into this company, only to be robbed of her life savings. And as for me, I was the lead architect of this building. I designed all 80 floors and emergency exits. Company went through a rough spot and they made some cuts. My head was on the chopping block. Let me ask you a question, Chief Negotiator. Why did you join the force? I could give him the patent answer or the real deal. There's too much evil in this world. That's why I joined. How far will you go to crush the serpent under your feet? I wasn't sure what he wanted to hear. 
so I tread cautiously. As far as the law allows me. That's the difference between us. Your laws hold you back from a swift justice. And your politicians are playing you like a fiddle. I'm the justice that this city needs. Not the corrupt government or Big Pharma forcing us to swallow their purple pills or live in a 15-minute city run by AI. There's some conspiracies online about the purple pill. It's a mind-altering drug distributed by the government. First time I heard about it was on an obscure podcast called Welcome to Earth Stories. Some wacko named York Campbell was pushing his asinine idea along with malicious AI taking over the world. Misinformation is dangerous. It leads to sociopaths and anarchists. Perhaps, if the government cancelled York's podcast, we wouldn't have this mess. I know you're listening, Abigail. Look into the camera and tell the world about your offshore accounts. Do you know what he's talking about? What offshore accounts? Abigail froze like a deer in headlights. There goes the southeast entrance. So tell them, Abigail. Mrs. Grace, if you're hiding something... No, I'm not. He's insane. You can't listen to him. Now, what you just heard was yet another explosion, this time taking out the main exit of the building. Abigail Grace, the CEO of Global Royal Exchange, is being questioned by the assailant about offshore accounts. Chief negotiator Naomi Irons is doing her very best to resolve the issue. Reporting live, this is Sean Cameron. This is your last chance. The clock is ticking. Listen, Abigail. You're not giving us anything. What the hell is going on? She took two steps back like a feral animal in a cage. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't have money in the Cayman Islands. Wait a moment. He didn't mention the Cayman Islands. A red light flashed underneath her blouse. No, it couldn't be. Everyone step back! I think you discovered where the last bomb is. Okay, you've made your point. Not until she confesses. Abigail stripped off her blouse, but the red blinking light remained on her chest. Underneath her skin. When the light slows down and the blinking stops, the bomb will explode. We all backed away from her. Get this thing out of me! The bomb was inside her chest. There was nothing we could do. Tick. Talk, Abigail. The blinking red light slowed down. The cameraman started praying. Abigail fell to her knees and crawled on all fours. Please, stop. I'm sure you can do better than that. She moved her hands over her chest in a fruitless attempt to disarm the bomb. 
We braced for impact. Okay, I confess. I stole the client's money and moved it overseas. The line went dead. And the red light turned off. Abigail Grace, you're under arrest. The inspiration for the story came about by a telemarketing scam artist. They're probably in your city as well. When they call and they say, hey, Mr. Campbell, we realize that somebody else is using your credit card. Or, hey, Mr. Campbell, we realize that there's some money that, that's owing to you. All what we need is your credit card information. It, it always goes something like that. And I'm tired of it. There was one time it felt like it was every day that we received a phone call. But I don't want to leave it on a down note. This is the season finale. And I thank you so very much for joining me, for listening to these stories. And the good thing about these stories is that you could share them. You could hit the share button to all of your friends. So I thank you so much for all of the artists that have contributed their time, their effort into this project. I couldn't have done it without them. So thankful to my big brother Elvis, to my sweet wife, Valrika. To my son Elijah, and for, for everyone else that's been so instrumental with Welcome to Earth Stories for the past few years. I'm going to be taking a break, a season break once again, working on different material, but you could always reach out to me. I'm on Twitter. My handle is still Poetic Earthling. Poetic what? Poetic Earthling. All right. All right. As soon as you're finished, I'll check it out. But I ain't promising. Also, if you want to start a podcast, but you don't want to go through all of the hassles of the technical burden, you just want to project your voice out into the world, then you could hire me. I work with podcasters and make sure they sound their very best. So you can follow all the details on my website, Welcome to EarthStories.com. Are we almost done? Once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. I definitely appreciate you all. Blah, blah, blah. And remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon. This just in. The Canadian government remains divided about cancelling Welcome to Earth Stories, the fictional podcast hosted by York Campbell. This show is accused of providing the public with misinformation from such stories as Purple Pill Mandate and Escape from Wokeville. These episodes falsely accused the government of enforcing mind control drugs. York Campbell and other content creators argue that the government wants to curb their freedom of speech. The small fringe minority holding unacceptable views that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, the Prime Minister will address this issue. The opposition party warns that the Prime Minister's address may increase the popularity of Welcome to Earth stories. This is Katie Frost reporting. Bomb Threat Written by Dark Samaritan 
and produced by York Campbell. Our season finale included Chris from Podtastic Audio, Leo Allen, Katie Frost, York's wife, Valrika, Timothy from Create Art Podcast, Jessica Burson, who played Naomi Irons, and Tiffany C. Lewis, who played Abigail Grace. Get this thing out of me! Please visit WelcomeToEarthStories.com to see the artwork to this episode, along with links to our special guests. Well, all good things must come to an end, including season six. Please keep in touch with the show on WelcomeToEarthStories.com or on Twitter at Poetic Earthling. I'm Shantae from ctamarketing.biz. Thank you for listening and see you next season on Welcome to Earth Stories. Before the next season, we must devise a plan to stop York Campbell and his circle of degenerates. His so-called free speech is threatening our republic. Actions must be taken to silence or eradicate such behavior. His podcast questions government authority and our plan to create a stable new world order. Welcome to Earth Stories. By York Campbell. And as the police were responding, began to broadcast live on Facebook with a long list of government grievances. He claimed to have a bomb. He showed at some point during the transmission from Facebook a device in his lap, a metal can with some kind of a lump of clay on top and a blue button. So now one of the questions that authorities are going to have to answer is, was this actually an explosive device? Hey, Dad, wake up. Dad, wake up.